is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Global Warming, and Your Health. It is very exciting. Each week we're able to bring to you an easy listening health education program to learn more and uh, that you may never have learned before, but also remind you. I've had a lot of doctors who are listening and different individuals throughout the country and the world who are listening who said it's a reminder of things that some of the things they've heard already, but they're learning more about how serious it is with our water issues and our health connected with water. It's interesting how real estate values increase because you're next to the puddle of water, you're next to a stream, you're next to the, uh, you even put in a beautification creek uh, that was water that was circulating. And you noticed in buildings, they're very popular now, but they're healthy to have water moving in a building. I hope you have some in your home because it puts moisture in the air, but it also puts a value uh, behind uh, uh, values of life on earth to where people believe something is more valuable because of the water. Did you know that 1.1 billion people in the world do not have access to safe water? And this is roughly one-sixth of the world's population. 2.6 billion people in the world do not have access to adequate sanitation. And that means washing your hands and flushing the toilet, doing the things that are very important for uh, slowing down disease. Um, Did you know that washing your hands with soap and water can reduce disease over 40% throughout the world? But just think of all the people in the world that do not have it. Um, Something very important that you need to learn, that water-related diseases is the second biggest killer in children in the world. We talk about AIDS, we talk about viruses and flus and cancer and more, but water-related diseases are causing death every day. Children are dying, over 6,000 children a day are dying on our planet, the family planet, because of bad water. And of course, I would also be say because of sanitation. I learned, and it's something very important for us to think about as we're educating with our health education on the show, the word dehydration is water loss from within the body. The moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe, you left your pocket of water of your mother's womb. The water no longer is surrounding you. You're living in the air. The dehydration began at that moment. No two eyes alike. No two skins on the complexion alike, no two fingerprints alike. That's your personal dehydration. The amount of water you drink, the way you take care of your own personal hygiene sanitation is very important to you. So each week when we come to you, we're adding education, reminding you over and over about how to take better care of yourself and think about yourself because you are the ecosystem affecting others. I wanted to tell you before we begin our first guest, and we introduce her to you today, the population today in the United States is 305,568,049 people. The world population is 6,734,461,102 people. We're growing each week, each day. And remember, when the water is that important, 
it is very vital for you to understand that the issues are serious. What is the energy crisis? Number one, it's water, the better understanding and the education about water. Today we have a very exciting two guests, Nancy Coleman from Grants Pass, Oregon. Nancy is involved with uh, aging and population of aging. Uh, She's a management consulting uh, and wellness director, trainer. She owns Creative Management Consulting and Training in Southern Oregon. Uh, Nancy has been able through her life and years of experience, be very well experienced throughout the country and experiences in what she's done. I think we're going to enjoy learning more about aging and taking control of your life and also understanding your own family and what the family of your, your aging family needs. Our second guest is Justin Clasgrove from Lake Powell, Utah. And by the way, I was just in that area, so this is going to be an exciting topic. Uh, We're going to be discussing Glen Canyon National Recreation Area and discussing 1.2 million acre reserve of uh, forest lands and what is happening there on our earth, the nature of it. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, and we need to say each week we're really very appreciative to Biologic Aqua Research and Technologies sponsoring this program, and we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural way to moisturize the eyes for dry eye. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll come back with Nancy Coleman. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, the power of water, global warming, and your health, and you are the ecosystem. And life on this earth begins from the moment you were born, you entered in the air, you breathe, and life began. Aging is inevitable. We should enjoy it. I'm 67 almost, and I enjoy it. I was told when I was younger that the older you get, the wiser we could become because we learn so much. And can we be so smart? No, it is impossible, but there's so much to learn. Nancy, are you with us? Yes, I am, Sharon. Good morning. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for asking. I want to introduce our audience to you, and I need the audience to know uh, Nancy and I have been friends for over 35 years, and I know a lot about her background, her dedication, and her mission. Uh, She's given a lot to her life and others' life. Nancy, tell us a little bit about yourself and the past experiences you've had. Oh, my goodness, Sharon. I've <laughs> um, tried to span the past 40 years in three minutes. Um, <laughs> I started in the nursing field because I was interested in wellness, and I was very uh, surprised when I went through nurses' training and found that uh, actually all we were trained for and discussed was illness. I was very fortunate after training to uh, work with a couple of physicians that were so far advanced. Uh, They were from Europe, and they were involved in in wellness, uh, prevention, prevention of illness. 
And then I worked um, in a variety of other ways, the health department for 10 or 12 years, and I was able to do uh, insert a little wellness prevention through that aspect. I worked in, um, I was director of a um, residential care facility, and uh, that, that was approximately a 10-year investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been interested in aging, I guess, all of my life, and now I'm now I'm here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's so um, when you started out in your nurses' training, and you got involved with some uh, other worlds of physicians who believed in other. There are other ways to treat an illness, and now the complementary care. Uh, yeah. That's a whole field that's been pretty much integrated in into the medical model um there you know there's still a ways to go but i have for many many years as i was the first you know, on my journey that was not a field of treatment that was readily accepted now um, when you were working uh at one point you were heading the health department and and you've really had a lot of experiences and then you decided that you're your main um, uh, experience, all of your experience right now in the last 10, 15 years has been with aging, with uh, the senior citizen um, understanding and their health. Um, yeah. When you, before I go on though, when you were, what have you noticed the difference between our aging and care and other countries of the world? Are we up to, up to uh, do we take as good a care of our aging as other countries do, or are some countries better than we are? Well, truly, uh, Sharon, I'm not. I'm not totally clear on that. Um, there's such a wide, even in our country, even in the United States, uh, which I'm much more familiar with. Different areas, different. Um, we have actually many cultures within our culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the things, as an example, in the, some of the southern states, aging folks are still treated with a different kind of stereotypical respect. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of the other faster-paced places mm-hmm. and uh, metropolitan areas, uh, families have pretty much dispersed. I mean, there's um, it's not on. Common. It's unfortunate, but it's not uncommon, and I found this a lot in my little tiny world with residential care, mm-hmm. um, where an older an elder would not have a family member anywhere, um, ex- n- perhaps no access at all, if access by phone, maybe once a month. Now, is it um, because a lot of families, when they grow and marry and they move away from where the uh, fam, the mother, the father, the grandparents live, and they're not there any longer, or is it just commonly uh, they don't have the time um, to take care of of the aging family member? Actually, I think it's both. Both. So many folks, uh, and generally speaking, from my experience, it's been the female member that usually takes a more dominant role mm-hmm. of uh, being a care advocate. Mm-hmm and or care provider, mm-hmm. whether that's the daughter or the daughter-in-law or an extended uh, mm-hmm. 
female member of the family. Mm-hmm. And generally, that person is working um, and has children of their own. Uh, they may be um, older or even grown, but then they have grandchildren. So they're really caught. It's the old sandwich effect mm-hmm. where folks are um, caught in many roles. I mean, they're just, uh, we can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other aspect, which is unfortunate, where there's been disenfranchisement, where the, for whatever reasons the isolationism has occurred and the families have just somewhat fractured mm-hmm. and um, are no longer what we would consider to be functional. Now, when you say that, before we move on, the individual, those of us aging, uh, that reach a certain time of life and we start getting after 40 and we're growing into our um, cycle of life uh, called age, which is, I think, so exciting uh, for myself personally. But there's others who may have a health issue and along the way become very um, uncomfortable to other people because they're having a health problem. And a lot of people don't deal with individual other people's health problems because they're busy, number one, or two, it annoys them that the person is going to, is not healthy and they're tired of listening to the, the complaints. And life moves on and then the individual has someone who, other people who are moving into very busy lives and the person's having to live alone to age uh, with an unhealthy problem, whether it be stress, mental, or symptoms of uh, diseases and, and, and certain, uh, certain symptoms they cannot control. People become so uncomfortable with it. Have you found there's a certain age, before we move into some of these uh, topics, that individuals uh, are not taking very good care of themselves from, uh, as they should thinking I am going to be, I'm aging, I'm um, needing to take very be- better care of myself and, and getting prepared themselves for the age that uh, they could be living alone a little longer. Are people pre-planning or do you think people are just living day to day? I think that one of the most vulnerable uh, population um, target groups is probably the person that is uh, between 40 and 55, okay. which is a time when you 40 and really should start trying to, I mean, of course we should all of our lifetime, but that's where the peak time for developing your plan, your mm-hmm. aging plan. Mm-hmm. But because of the demands that are on those folks, with both being um, the you know trying to keep a family, trying to generate finances, trying to uh, perhaps take care of a parent or parents, uh, dealing with the immense frustrations mm-hmm. of the time, to where the energy and and the luxury of even time is uh, at a premium and. So the first thing that tends to go is taking care of oneself. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the priorities are, of course, not right. Because Mm -hmm. if we don't take care of ourselves, we're certainly not going to be of value to others. 
Uh, I think I'll mention something there, Nancy, for a second. You said the word learn to take proactive responsibility, and I'm putting words in your mouth, to take Mm -hmm. care of yourself. And your habits will grow, and then you've learned how to grow into life called aging, that live life every day to where you've learned to take a responsibility for how you take care of yourself so that you will be independent. You will be more proactive uh, at your own individual choices. Um, I'm getting a little complicated there, but it is a fact. A lot of people don't like to say how old they are, number one. Number two, because they don't want other people to think they're aging. Um, Why can't we have um, uh, an idea that, let's say, ages 40 to 55, that all of a sudden programs like this can say it's exciting to age, enjoy your numbers. It means nothing uh, if you're willing and you want to learn how to be proactive to take good care of yourself and prepare for um, um, a life that can go longer and healthier and and learn more about yourself uh, and your own particular needs and symptoms. Um, Have you found that in that age between 40 and 55, is it becoming more common that people are taking it serious to learn more about uh, drinking more water, um, taking the supplements, that are necessary, taking better care of themselves, eating right, exercise. Uh, are you finding out uh, that people are trying here I in America? Am, I am very hopeful, Sharon. And I've, uh, you know, I've been observing this for a long time, and I am beginning to see a lot of focus. I'm beginning to, when I'm talking with folks in groups, um, there, there's more emphasis on walking. Um, trying to start, you know, walking, crawling before running. Mm-hmm. So even if folks are beginning to walk uh, 15, 20 minutes a day at their pace, that's the beginning. And I think the the biggest obstacle is being overwhelmed by trying to make too many changes too fast mm-hmm. and uh, being unsuccessful. And we need to build on success. Success, at, and that means starting at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most challenging things for folks to do. Mm-hmm. They seem to want to join some kind of class that perhaps is going to um, just be too much too soon. They'll get there. Uh, but starting to uh, a program that's uh, going to build success will then lead to more success. Mm-hmm. So I try to encourage folks to be very realistic and to start uh, even, you know, the process of of hydration. Uh, When we say start with six to eight glasses of water a day, and, of course, that's the optimum um, or even more, but that's that's something, a goal to shoot for. But putting a little lemon in the water, uh, something to encourage uh, building a habit. Uh, maybe drinking, starting uh, with drinking three glasses a day for the first week, uh, then adding on to that, but keeping it conscious, uh-huh. keeping a conscious connection to where you're going. Uh-huh. And um, that, in other words, in other words, you start, you, you decide to build on some really good lifelong, long-term uh-huh. habits. 
yes. is learning how to drink your water. If you don't, haven't been drinking very much water, learn just to take it so much at a time. Yes. And then you're learning a better diet. You're adding a better diet to the drinking of the water. Then once you've learned how to, in time, a better diet and some of the things you were missing, then you begin to learn you need to exercise a little bit, walking, just a right. walk, right. and smelling the fragrance of the planet and enjoying it. Taking some right. space and, and time, and so the socialization. Okay. Um, okay, and that's one of them. That's been found to be one of the most important for both mental flexibility, mm-hmm. as, which is very important, as well as uh, feeling productive uh, because you're interacting, communicating, mm-hmm. uh, being challenged. Um, socialization is an, a very. It's probably one of the most important parts of aging is to continue a process of um, active communicating with others mm-hmm. uh, for, for lots of reasons. There are just too many to um, consider. So uh, we're going to take a moment with our sponsor, but when we come back, let's find out what you meant by socialization for our audience around the world to think about. What does that mean with your experience uh, to be socially involved in your life? Uh, We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Nancy, and we'll be right back. Okay. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. I want to welcome you back to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, the power of water, global warming, and your health and understanding who you are. You are the most important part of the ecosystem as a person. Everything, even the blade of grass has an influence on our ecosystem. You have a very important part. We were talking with Nancy Coleman, and her background is management consulting and wellness trainer. And we had not long ago Maya Dalina, who uh, had been a trainer for Hewlett-Packard at one time and now full-time is built a retreat in Maui on just this subject. Nancy, before we took our break, you were telling us about a description, explaining a description called socialization. What does that word mean? Well, socialization is very broad. It means everything from companionship, uh, one-to-one, or, you know, um, companionship of any kind. It means um, shared activities. It means um, things like belonging, belonging to organizations. One of the most, um, in, in our nation, a national organization that is very active and very productive and provides an avenue of socialization and act, action, activity, uh, is ARP. Uh, they're having conferences. And that's AARP. 
AARP, and Association it's a retired organization for 50-plus. Mm-hmm. And so it really is something where you have a voice, uh, and your voice is power because um, there's a great deal of power in um, mm-hmm. shared numbers mm-hmm. and shared interests. Mm-hmm. And socialization, uh, that's one form of socialization. Is now, are you thinking, uh, and the reason I found that a fascinating description for the world to hear um, uh, with this, even if you're young listening, that if you're keeping yourself socially involved with other people's lives, in other words, you're paying it forward with giving back to other people, not just sitting and thinking about who you are only, and any self-indulgence, but you're out there enjoying uh, sharing every other people's lives and giving back and uh, belonging to organizations, uh, enjoying your family, uh, getting up with activities during the day that are not just sitting, but you're going and getting things done, uh, accomplishing something other than just for yourself. Is that possibly a description? Oh, that that is um, that's a pretty good description, Sharon. Okay, it's it's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of productivity. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a sense of making a difference. I think for our young audience and people listening of all ages, uh, isn't that the secret to a lot of people aging with even symptoms of of diagnoses that sound very serious, but they seem to get through them because they're busy. They don't Absolutely. have the time to get too serious at thinking, oh, I am going to be self-indulgent on this or self-involved, but they're, uh, they're so busy giving back, getting involved with other people's lives and their family or out of the family. Uh, those people seem to live longer, look better, even age better. Is, abs- is one of the things in almost all research mm-hmm. that's been found to be what makes the major difference. Mm-hmm. A positive attitude. Good attitude. An example might be even uh, just you know giving a simple example. Someone might get up in the morning and say, uh, "Good morning, God." Mm-hmm. Another might say, "Good God, it's morning." <laughs> um, like so. Same words, similar words. Now let's do attitude. this again. That's a, this is a nice one. Good morning, God. Uh, the other one does. Oh, God, it's morning. What am I going to do? I'm putting my feet on the ground. I'm beginning the day. And what's it going to take me? Because I might not enjoy the unknown. But Uh there's the other person who says, good morning, God. Thank you for the gift of life. I'm going to follow those footsteps and see where it will flow. And I hope I can give something back while I'm doing this. A different approach to the day and, of course, to life. There we go. Uh, And you can be 30 years old, 10 years old, (laughs) a toddler, and it's how, uh, it's everything about the uh, attitude that grows into aging well and looking good. And And I would would like to um, make, actually it's a quote from the book Aging Well, uh, written by James Fry's um, medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And this just kind of uh, this was in 1990s, so of course the numbers have are are well. You'll see what I mean when I say this. Okay. This is talking about our national health burden consists largely of postponable and preventable problems. If we put into practice all that we know now, this is 1990. We so we know so much more now. We could postpone a million to 
160,000 deaths each year. If we could keep all else constant and recover the medical cause from the illnesses that we prevented, we would save $302 billion each year. $302 billion a year. And that was a long time ago. And they're trying to convince us how, how poor we are about our health and uh, insurance and more, but what that is saying, that if you learn to be more proactive and, and, and gracefully learn more about how to take good care of yourself, that we would save over $300 billion a year. In... And, and it's much more than that now. I mean, that oh, was yes, a yes, long time right. ago, so yeah. I don't have the most current uh, Can numbers. Can I tell you, though, one I idea. find? Uh, I, you, know, that, you know, it's so interesting how people think they're so... I, I'm going to use the word bluntly smart today. Uh huh. And yet, you're, what do we learn from the past? We learn from others who took time to teach us something to grow and age in our country, in our, our, our the earth plan. And we're living with the earth. It's not going to live with us. And uh, what, what you just said is so important. Your attitude and your grace, your good manners means that you're giving back to others. You're not thinking, oh, I'm just going to open the door for myself. Uh, what can I do for you uh, along the way? And that's showing you're living with, out, away from your skin and the air you breathe a little bit, thinking about others. So you're gracefully enjoying life longer. And if a symptom should come to your life that may be serious, you may be able with your attitude to also um, uh, get rid of the symptom. Um, in many cases, Healthy living, and now it's called, uh, the new term is successful living, mm-hmm. uh, provides a dividend, and it's not just a longer life, but the dividend is of positive longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge resource of aging population in this country, and it's been so beneficial to our society for seniors to just emerge themselves in a successful living lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not new. Like you said, we're learning, relearning, reapplying. Uh, there's a certain time that people hear things that they may have heard it a thousand times before, but they never heard it to where it made a difference. Until you so, personally will be affected. Yes, we, we never know when that precious moment is that someone's going to say, aha, now I get it. Well, Nancy, it's kind of like, um, for example, um, you never wanted to ride a bike probably until you saw a bike. Uh, you didn't want to do a, drive a car until you knew what a, you know, other people were driving a car where you were going. And it's the same thing about all of life. Until you arrive at what you're thinking you're wanting or needing or think you would like to have, you don't stop to think about it. And that's why shows like this to remind people about Aging is a lot of fun. Yes. And it is a lot of fun. And thanks to what's happened with our forefathers teaching us that it is a lot of fun. Um, And and women, talking about a woman-to-woman aging um, and thinking about how much fun that is. Uh, Today, because there's so much available to us to age gracefully, look good. Well, look at the money that's made to look good while you're aging. Oh, Uh, extended, extended life is a whole other topic. And the extended life uh, f- uh, philosophy or research and development, it's really actually still in the research and development stage. 
but that has to do with all of you know injections and the reconstruction and a lot of the not just cosmetic but uh, because the research is actually looking very promising for extending and even healthy life in an optimal way now back um, to the diet you know uh, we've had a lot of doctors on and individuals who were talking about uh, certain types of foods we should be eating and thinking and sleeping. Sleeping is vital, at least oh, yes. 8 to 10 hours a day, and good sleep, and learn how to go to bed and sleep, and learn those little tricks of your own. And then the other one is, of course, we all know the priority, number one, is drinking water, because you're made up of 50 trillion cells, and that's oxygen, that's de- that's detoxification, that's adding to your life and I it's the startling part is people who brag well I haven't drank water and I'm I'm still here yes well but but as you and I have talked and others have talked around the world that drinking water is the most vital part of your life uh, six to eight to ten to twelve if you're under stress at least twelve so many folks uh, and I saw this so much in the nursing homes uh, there's there's no recognition of um, even the clarity of thinking, that's one of the, one of the major things of dehydration is just whole, unclear thinking. Yeah. And so they just naturally equate it with aging. And, and um, it's, 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 it's sad it's because not. like years ago I said to the doctors on my medical team long ago, when you go to the, to the individual patient's room, do you look at the chart or the patient first? Well, I go to the chart. Why don't you look at the person first? Right. Take a look at them, listen yes. how they're talking, how they're dilating, and their skin. And yes. the doctor says, you know, it's a fact that when you're t- looking at a person without being influenced with the chart, you can see more t- before you looked at the chart. Now the hey, food. Uh, absolutely. And that used to be, um, even when I was first uh, a nursing student, that was the major priority is to orient yourself to the individual. Before you look at the chart. Yeah, oh, yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. And another thing and, we all should learn is if you have that, you have to have, have special, the care of a doctor or a nurse or whatever, help them out. Don't just say, I'm going to sit back and see how good you, how good yeah, you are. Right. We, <laughs> add, add, uh, you work as hard at getting well as they're trying to help you. Yeah, and they, then the family member should have somebody assigned and the individual patient should have somebody assigned before you go to the hospital or you reach a time of life at the moment uh, is to sign someone. And then that person would assign another person in case they're not around. Uh, take, be a team. Uh, be a, uh, involved in a team effort to be healthy as an ecosystem. But back to health uh, of diet. We were learning on better healthy eyes, or a vital, because the eyelid is open and the eyes are so receptive as an organ because it's not covered by the skin all day with the eyelid, taking very good healthy care of your eyes, but eating green vegetables, not iceberg lettuce, but broccoli and, and the darker kale and, and the, the darker vegetables. Add it to your diet during the day somehow and some fruit and good protein. Or if you don't get enough protein, take a protein drink. Uh, uh, d- um, brag about it. Enjoy how you're vain, taking care of yourself, learning. Uh, am I missing something besides the exercise, a little exercise? Well, actually, um, another uh, study that has more recently been completed, and this was funded by the MacArthur Foundation, and they were uh, trying to identify successful living. And 
some of the things that they, the general groups of successful living behaviors, they put into three groupings. Uh, good medical care, and these are not necessarily in priority. Good medical care, including preventive uh, awareness and training. Uh, healthy habits, and we all, these were all of the same ones that we've heard so many times, the physical exercise, the nutrition, the, the hydration, um, all developing those habits and making them a part of lifestyle. And then the third one is socialization, which they mm-hmm. identified as very important. A major, um, it works as stress reducer, mental clarity, and productivity, mm-hmm. which we've already discussed a great deal. Now, when you said at the beginning the preventative, that must mean be proactive, learn more about how to prevent uh, the virus, uh, learn to take better care of yourself and think about certain preventatives. And how could you go wrong with the first preventative um, way to take care of yourself better is drinking plenty of water. That's uh, that probably it's a so, and It's foundation. so interesting how people don't realize. I've been doing a lot of books uh, getting ready for some research I'm doing and uh, adding on to some new ideas, but it's like the sculpture of the river, of, of the human body and the number of the cells you're living with. And, and the 50 trillion cells, well, they have to be nourished with water. And if you don't have water, enough water in you, which would be 10 to 12 glasses a day if you're under a lot of stress, or at least 8 glasses a day, that's the nourishment. That's your oxygen. That's your river flow. Um, then making sure that in your mind... You're getting those green vegetables. You're getting a little bit of fruit. And if you're not getting them every day, what are you going to do to make up for the days that you didn't get them? Uh, This is the way people should be thinking. Um, That's proactive. That's aging and getting excited about growing and aging and and saying, you know, I'm going to be 67. Oh, oh, you say, you're, you know, and they look at you like, oh, well, I think the older you get, the wiser you could become. But that means we have a time to learn more. Right, Nancy? I think, I think uh, one of the things that has created, you know, the stereotypical um, negative um, idea of aging, and there is one, and it's even the word senior has some, some folks are discussing the political incorrectness of using the word senior to identify a particular group of people uh, seen as ageism, avoiding the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And there, I think there has become a definite stereotype, a negative one that is identified with senior. But I think it's important to uh, not change the word but create a new stereotype. I wonder what the uh, word changed. Let's come up with a word today. Well, I I really don't even want to. I've given this a lot of thought for a long time. I like the word senior. I didn't know that I did. I had to challenge it uh, because you were a senior in high school. Uh, I use it as a recognition of value. You know, the senior partner of Uh a firm, the senior graduating class, the senior board member. Uh, We use. Senior a senior citizen, Nancy, a senior citizen. A senior citizen, absolutely. All over the world. That means you've lived and you've gotten wiser and more experienced and 
experience is, is aging and mm-hmm. wisdom and experiences you've had, and you become a senior citizen of your and life. And that's a part of this huge resource of our aging population. Uh-huh. Um, so I really, after a lot of consideration and uh, you know, trying to come up with a new word and then challenging myself as to why do you want to come up with a new word and then talking with other groups, how do you feel about being called a senior citizen? Mm-hmm. Some folks themselves, they liked it, but they also had a fear of society's uh, image of a senior citizen as being uh, somewhat less of a person. Well, you know, um, we only have a moment left, and I have to think about, and of course it's the campaign going on, Nancy, and they were talking about belittling the fact that um, here in the United States we have an individual running for president, he's too old. And you look at other countries of the world, and many of their leaders have aged well and, uh, and, uh, and, and took the responsibility of their country's needs at, at a, at, because their age grace them well enough to have a lot of good experience at what they've done. It's kind of like, uh, would you have somebody come and run your family without an experience? I think the blending of, and I, I believe, I've always felt as though this was the most natural thing if we could, if we were doing the plan, uh, how could we do it better as having a blend of, you know, useful vitality, useful um, um, energy, mm-hmm. uh, combining mm-hmm. the, all of that with the, some of the maturing and, and wisdom and critical thinking. Um, if you have I think experience. there's a balance. We have to always yeah. consider trying to reach that healthy balance of utilizing all of our resources, human and other Well, it's like a doctor coming in with all of their experiences. I, I'm a very funny about my doctor's team. I really like experience. And I find that when I go out and do what I do, I want to see what their background is of experience before I understand that they're going to respect the fact of where I'm coming with where my experience. experience. So what I'm saying is, is that aging, a senior citizen should be so proud that yes. if they've been able to gain experiences, to share those experiences and, and take them with. And it's like at the end of the show, I would say, Earth secret. Embrace your life every precious moment Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. Leave a footprint. Enjoy leaving that footprint because that's your footprint. That's experience. That's life. That's it, and, and you've shared. But I've really enjoyed this today. Um, we'll have to do it again. We'll pick another topic of um, when people and the family think about their families getting to a time and when they are going to be put into a rest home or an, a retirement center. You know a lot about that. Yeah, so, uh, we have to go. Uh, we're, we've got a Justin Gaslow waiting. Well, who thank is you so going much, to be Sharon, with us and today. it's been a pleasure, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to have some time to share. And uh, well, You have a world of experience, Nancy. Uh, it is really enjoyable to have you on. Thank you. You have a nice day. Thank you. Thanks, thank everyone. You. Bye. Bye. Life, age, experience and life on this earth to leave a footprint Mm, what what an idea don't ever say goodbye and that's what i mean our second guest is going to be justin gaslow from lake powell utah and we're going to listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with justin 
listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Welcome you back to the Sharon Climate Hour, the power of water, global warming, and your health, and let's add nature. Justin, are you with us? I sure am. Thank you for joining us today. I was just over there in that area about three weeks ago. Couldn't believe uh, some of the potential well, opportunities you have for people to ski. And uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get where you're at today? Did you, have you always lived in Utah? No, actually, uh, I'm from uh, Austin, Texas, originally, and uh, uh, came into the Park Service as a second career, and have uh, been in Utah, uh, southern Utah, uh, since 2006, mm-hmm. and uh, started out at Canyonlands uh, in Utah, and then uh, now here at Glen Canyon, which the centerpiece of Glen Canyon, which is a unit of the Park Service, is, of course, Lake Powell. A lot of people know uh, Glen Canyon by Lake Powell. Mm-hmm. Now, Lake Powell is one of the largest reservoirs in the country? It is, second to Lake Mead. Mm-hmm. And you're, what's the city you're next to? We are, uh, I'm at the north end of Lake Powell, so we are about uh, three hours from Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, four hours uh, south and east of uh, Salt Lake City mm-hmm. would be the closest metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's that ski resort you have next to you there? The, it's... Now, Park City is outside of Salt Lake. Uh, uh-huh. Here, uh, here, here at Glen Canyon, uh, you know we're we're a high desert, uh, around 4,000 feet elevation, and so uh, as far the closest ski basins are going to be Salt Lake City, and then of course at the south end of the park uh, is Flagstaff, Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, which is about two hours south of uh, of the dam, and oh, that's okay. and there's also skiing there as well. Okay, so the the dam goes that goes that far. Yes. Oh, I had no idea. So, for example, uh, the, uh, Lake Powell, which is a, the centerpiece of uh, Glen Canyon National Recreation Area, mm-hmm. it comprises about 12% of the 1.2 million acres that are part of this park. Mm-hmm. And the lake actually runs uh, from the dam, which is uh, in Page, Arizona, which is up uh, the nor- north, a- north Arizona. Uh, about it about runs an hour from, from Salt Lake City? About, uh, well, P- Page is about uh, two hours uh, north of Flagstaff and four hours uh, north of Phoenix. Okay. And then where I'm located, uh, which is at the north end of the park, is uh, the lake literally is about 180 miles long. And I'm, you know, at the north end of the park. Uh, and so I'm, I'm in Utah, and it's clo- the, park, the park actually uh, spans two states, Arizona and Utah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the north end, and, of course, the closest cities to us uh, would be uh, again, uh, Salt Lake City, about four to four and a half hours uh, uh, east, and then uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. with, and then Denver, of course, is eight hours away. Now, your, your source of water, to make this such an enormous body of water reservoir, where does the source originate from, the headwaters? Uh, the, the headwaters are uh, in ba- basically uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, which is in Colorado. Okay, it's, I was going to wonder if it was Colorado. It's the western side of the Rockies. And, of course, the Colorado River 
uh, which flows through Glen Canyon, um, is the is a snowmelt river, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know even though by the time it gets to Utah, it's uh, a, a silt laden, uh, very muddy river. It starts out as a cold, uh, clear stream in the in the high mountains of the, of the, the Rockies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it goes all the way to Arizona. It goes through Arizona and uh, into Mexico, yes. Mm-hmm. And the headwaters beginning over in what part of Colorado? It's uh, outside of Granby, Colorado. It's, uh, west, it's west of Denver, and, and it's actually in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh-huh. Well, tell us about the recreation area. What, what do you have there for individuals? Because I know a lot of people. It isn't difficult to get there. In fact, what is the main highway, freeway there? I forgot to... You bet. So, if you're, for example, if you're uh, going to come uh, to the south end of Glen Canyon, you would uh, use Highway. You would come in on Highway 89 mm-hmm. from uh, Flagstaff. If you're coming from Los Angeles or from uh, uh, Phoenix, the uh, and that's and that's coming in on Highway 89 into Page, Arizona. Mm-hmm. If you're coming in to the 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 next big marina, which is up here in, uh, we, there's two marinas, Halls and Bullfrog, which are where I'm at, mm-hmm. and they are uh, off of Highway 70, which is an interstate, and it drops down to Highway uh, 24 and 95 and mm-hmm. comes into the two marinas that are here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, primarily, for example, uh, at the south end of the park, the demographic that visits there is typically from Phoenix. Uh, and the um, uh, in Southern California, and then here at the north end, you, you'll find uh, a lot of the demographic is primarily from the metro areas, at least, or from Denver and Salt Lake City. Okay, and uh, the snow. Let's say the recreation side. Uh, you've got the the reservoir. Uh, is there a, when does the snow season begin? Well, so for example, it doesn't snow here that often in Glen Canyon. Uh, we're at about four thousand feet. Okay. Uh, we're at this location, and, and that's the same in Page. And it's an enormous park. I mean, it runs from, again, it runs from Lee's Ferry, which is uh, just at the tip of the Grand Canyon in Arizona, mm-hmm. all the way to uh, Canyonlands National Park in the Orange Cliffs. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you know, the there can be different weather systems in different parts of the park. Um, but the snow, you know, our, our river, our lake elevation is impacted directly by snowmelt, in the in the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, uh, you know, in 2000 there was uh, snowmelt was below average. 2001, 2002, the the lake elevation dropped uh, dramatically. Mm-hmm. And by uh, and so, for example, for your listeners, the lake elevation is measured above sea level. So, full pool is uh, 3,700 feet mm-hmm. uh, above above. Uh, sea level so that's full well by uh 2005 it was at 3555 mm-hmm. so you know 145 feet below full as a result of decreased snow what is the highest peak of your canyon the highest uh we have elevations that range you know anywhere from uh you know 3800 feet up to you know 5500 feet and higher mm-hmm. and that we've got different we've got the Kaprowitz plateau as well as the water pocket fold that runs right through our park, which is a dominant geologic feature that runs. So for visualizing, is it a lot of rocky mountains, uh, peaks? Are, are there a lot of trees? What, is, what, 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 would, what would we see? Uh, it obviously has a lot of trees. Yeah. Well, ironically, the, the beauty of Glen Canyon, and, and when you look at, uh, you can, when, you look, when you think of Glen Canyon, you need to think of uh, 
very sinuous uh, rock formations and very soft uh, sandstone that is that is that is a, has a very sinuous feel to it. And the and the beauty of Glen Canyon and the reason people love it is it's you know these deep red tones and orange tones and pink tones in the rock. It's almost uh, like thinking of the uh, um, Grand Canyon. If you're looking at a picture of the rocks there, it's got a very uh, uh, red tones. Yes, and this and, it, and it, we would almost. And I would say for Glen Canyon, and, and it is starkly different because it's a different rock formation. We're we're in uh, Navajo sandstone, which is an ancient sand desert, uh, and so it's what you have is uh, when is uh, basically uh, a sand that's been compacted, and uh, some people even call it petrified sand dunes, although that's not really a, a scientific term. Mm-hmm. But you have these just wonderful shapes, and and peaks. that's sharp what people enjoy. And, okay, sharp peaks and points and huh now what are you familiar if i ask ask this what caused that in way back uh, thousands of years ago to make that so unusual well the the big story about uh the whole colorado plateau parks which you know with the colorado plateau just to paint a picture for the listeners could probably be and i and this is kind of generous but is anchored by four major cities would be the best way to say that and that would be phoenix albuquerque uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, and then Salt Lake City, and then in between that is this uplift that we call the Colorado Plateau. That that slow uplift and this downcutting of the Colorado River actually uh, helped unearth these wonderful uh, sandstone formations, mm-hmm. and it's this uh, constant erosion, uh, this tearing down of uh, the rock layers by the river and then also the wind mm-hmm. and then also, of course, when it water seeps into the rock and it freezes, it, it chips it away. So it's... Um, so, so do we have any glacier areas? Not not here in Glen Canyon, Not there. No. Okay. No. So the, the big story on the Colorado Plateau and, and here in Glen Canyon in particular is this erosional effect of uh, flash flash floods and wind blown erosion and of course the the river itself which is constantly carrying uh, all the runoff from the, the sand you know cu- down the river mm-hmm. hmm. is there something do you have any uh, use uh, a lot of our um, park systems have junior ranger uh, programs do you have a lot of children come there with different programs absolutely uh, we have well, in the summertime, that's the that's our busiest season. And keep in mind, you know, in, in in Glen Canyon during the summer, it is a desert park. And so, while a lot of desert parks uh, in the NPS system, their visitation might drop during the summer because of the heat, you know, 100, 100 degrees, 105 degrees. Our visitation is actually very busy. And again, because the centerpiece of the park is the lake, uh, or that's what a lot of people know as Lake Powell. And so. We have a lot of families here. The, the rangers, we, we have a junior ranger program here where we do a water safety program uh, with the children. Our, our motto here is live to play another day. And so uh, certainly that's a big part uh, of our message uh, mm-hmm. to the public because we do, do have, have a lot. Do you have any idea how many children come a year? You know, I don't, I don't know. I know that, for example, last year we had uh, 1.8 million visitors come through the park. Uh-huh. And from probably all over the world. Yes, I mean, but, you know, the primarily uh, the visitors are from the U.S., but then there is a large contingent. Particularly, we're part of the, what we call the Grand Circle of Parks: the Holton, the Zion, Bryce, Grand Canyon, uh, Glen Canyon, Arches, Canyonlands, mm-hmm. Capitol Reef, Natural Bridges. All of those are part of this Grand Circle experience, and 
And so we do get a lot of European visitors as yeah, well. Do you have lodges? We do. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a lot. We have a lodge uh, in Page, Arizona, on, right on the water, and it's mm-hmm. a with uh, several restaurants. And is there boating and skiing or and different There's, recreations like that? Yeah, our, our concessionaire provides uh, houseboat rentals. Oh. They, they also provide powerboat rentals, uh, jet ski rentals, as well as kayak. That's a very kayak. Po- a yeah. popular houseboat rental place. Yes. yes. And that's the same for here in the Bullfrog Halls Crossing area at the northern end of the park. There is a, a large houseboat rental operation as well as powerboat operation. Uh-huh. And is there water skiing? Absolutely. That's a, that's a favorite activity. Now, any fishing anywhere in, in the area? We have, it's interesting, uh, fishing is, a, is a, a great pastime here. And I will tell you that during the summer what you find is families who are participating in water-based recreation, mm-hmm. like, uh, water, like water skiing and uh, jet skiing. And then what you find is the baton is kind of handed off. Once things quiet down in the fall, you see uh, fishermen uh, okay. start to come into and the What park. kind of fish are they fishing for? Uh, typically, uh, uh, striped bass is uh, the, the, the dominant fish that they're uh, fishing for. Okay, give us, we, have to, we only have a moment left. Give us your website so individuals can come and, and learn more about it. And I know this will whet the appetite for people to want to come and visit. What is your website address? You bet. But the easiest way I tell visitors to find us is to go to nps.gov. Mm-hmm. And you are going to get a map of the United States, and you can select on Utah. Mm-hmm. And then once you select on Utah, you can select on Glen Canyon. Get Glen Canyon. Yes. So you'll go to nps.gov, yes. and uh, then you will look for Glen Canyon. Yeah, you'll look for U- the state of Utah. You'll click on the state of okay, Utah. Okay, the state then of Utah. Click- yeah. Well, Justin, I want to thank you. We learned a lot, yeah. and I sure what the appetite, because yeah. in the United States, our, our winter will soon be here, yeah. and uh, people will be thinking about where to go and enjoy the recreation of next year and maybe during the, uh, the winter season, too. Well, I think the experience, and you were talking about that with your previous guest, and, and it's the experience that people have here is what they take with them. Fresh the air, Justin. Yeah. Fresh air. That's true. Well, thank you. you thank bet. you for joining us, and we'll, ha- we'll do this again sometime. And you tell bet. everyone we said hello. I will. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, the sculpture of a river, what does that mean? Uh, counting the number of cells in your body, living with this earth and its waters. And, what we're, and one time I read on a book that uh, a little girl asked her mother, where is God? And she said, honey, in the water. God made all possible from the water. It's all from the water, how powerful it is. The power of water and our earth. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. Enjoy it and leave your footprint. I hope you enjoyed listening today. I want to thank Sarah Seals and Bonnie Mark for making this show possible because without Sarah uh, getting our guests and Bonnie helping Sarah as a co-director, this show would not be possible. And our special sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research Center. Have a nice day and thank you for listening. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. 